Well, I knew nobody, mainly nobody. I knew a couple people right down here. And that's about it coming today. Walking away from this place, um, know several people. I know, and I've heard all of your names jumbled together and have a mess. And now I've met some of you, and I appreciate you very much. The conversations we've had, some moments we've shared together, and uh, in many different ways, <laughs> and that's been great. We're a family. Here, there, and everywhere, across the world, we're a family of God. We've been placed together in His Son, by the power of His Spirit, according to His will. And I appreciate so much your faith. I appreciate your desire to be devoted to the Lord. And I appreciate the fact that you're working to be better than you were today, better than you were tomorrow. That doesn't make any sense. Better than you were yesterday, and hopes of being that better version tomorrow. And in reality, when family gets together, what we do is, or at least what we should be doing is, be honest with ourselves. And so let's just be real with each other for a little bit. Y'all been sitting down for a long time. You've been sitting down for a long time. You've been listening for a long time. So I'm going to make a commitment to you that I won't for a long time. If you'll give me what you've got left for just a few moments. Anybody? Any takers? Can, can I get an amen? <laughs> Thank you. A deal. Can I get a deal? Let's make a deal here. That's the deal I want to make for just a few minutes. Let's draw in together for just a couple more and let's see what we can get out of this. And I guarantee you, with God, you're never disappointed. Amen? This is what we're trying to get out of it together. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2 is the main text we've had for the weekend. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Our job in this moment, as we've worked and we've thought, we've prayed and we've come to today at this hour, how do I run with endurance? Now, I don't know about you, but running for endurance sounds like torture. Our bodies actually aren't made to run long distances. Individuals who do that will tell you their knees hurt every day. As a matter of fact, biologically speaking, the bones weren't made to take that type of pressure for long periods of time over the course of their life. So I don't do it. <laughs> but that's another story for another time. I want us to think about a problem. Because the goal is to run with endurance, but before we get there, let's think about the problem. Because there's a problem that is holding us back from being that, running with endurance as Christians, laying aside the weight and the sin which clings so closely, and running with endurance the race that is set before us. Here's the problem. Do you know about the averages? What's the average length of time you spend in middle school? Three years. How about high school? Four years. How about college? Uh-huh. And so the answers start flooding forth. Five years, according to uh, 
the Bureau of Labor Statistics in 2016. It's something, 5.1 something, something, something years. Three years, four years, five years. What's the average length of car ownership according uh, to that same statistic group? Four to six years. How about the average a tenure, the me, rather the median tenure of workers who are between the ages of 25 to 34 in their job? 2.8 years. That's it. 2.8 years. Let's keep going. What's the average lifespan of a laptop? Three to five years. Fantastic. Whoever said it, they're a genius. The average lifespan of a smartphone? Let me start counting the seconds. One, two, oh. We're on iPhone 20. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> what do all these statistics have in common? Short term. Other than numbers. Very short term, change happens. Our culture in 2018 America is one of immediacy and instantaneous gratification. Did you catch those two things? We are inundated from the schools we attend. I went to a preschool and then to an elementary school, which is, was in a different building, to a middle school, which was in a different building, to a high school, which was in a different building, to a college that was in a completely different state. And you may have been the exact same way. Friend groups change from year to year to year. Technology changes from year to year to year. The clothes that I wear change from year to year to year. The songs that I listen to change from week to week to week. You see what's happening? This idea and this cultural concept of immediacy and immediate gratification that if I don't like something, I change to something else. If it doesn't tickle my fancy, we might say, well, I'm going to change to something else. And that is the culture that is driven into our minds even if... We don't want it. So sometimes, living life as a Christian, in other words, running with endurance, seems improbable, as if life would just then be some continuous uphill climb. And who likes that anyway? Are you beginning to see what's being impressed upon your mind as normal? whether it's a laptop, a phone, a song, a school building, a group of friends, or an outfit. If it doesn't meet your satisfaction, if it doesn't come easily and make you happy, well, then you change. Well, there's a problem there. That mindset has infiltrated how we look at God and his life for us, Christianity. So that when I come to the, the, the verse of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and run with endurance, the race that's set before us, I think, whoa, long distance running, not for me. Let me check out and find something else. But in that lies the problem. The infiltration of constant and quick change could create an unnecessary and unhealthy view of Christianity. Why? Because God calls us to run with endurance, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. God calls us to be steadfast and immovable, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, always abounding in the work. God calls us to live sacrificially and live selflessly, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. God calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. We recognize that from 1 John chapter, 1, chapter 2, 15 to 17. But hold on one second. Did you say things like endurance, steadfast, 
immovable, sacrifice, selfless in the world, but not really of, you want me to be different? And in 2018 America, that is not the culture that I know, that's not the culture I live in, and it might not be who you are. So how do you become something that you're not? And that's the question to answer today. Did you know that a multi-ton elephant can be held back by a piece of string? A baby elephant is born into the world, and being born into the world, the first thing they go and do is be with mother and eat and live and have life. But these, uh, these people who own and train these elephants, what they do is they go to the baby elephant right when they're born and they rip them away from mom. And they take that elephant away from mom and they put it right over here where this giant tree is. They pick the big trees and they wrap this chain around the tree and they tie it to itself and then they fasten that chain around the back right leg of that baby elephant. And they, they snare him and ensnare him in such a way that as that baby elephant pulls and pulls and pulls because they see mom right over there, that chain begins to wrap tighter and tighter around that leg. And after days and weeks and sometimes months that it takes to break that elephant because the chain has grown so tight and the pain has become so immense, that baby elephant just quits. And as that baby elephant grows up, any type of pressure on that leg triggers a memory of pain, resistance, bondage, and hurt. And so they're frozen. And so as that baby grows, those farmers take the chain off and wrap a thick rope to the tree. And they notice the elephant starts to pull less and less. And so as the baby grows and becomes a young adult and a multi-ton massive animal that can literally move boulders, they take the rope off and they bring in the twine. But this time they don't put it on a tree. They tie it to some post that they hammer into the ground. Why? Because this elephant has been trained to be held back by a piece of string. The culture has told the elephant they cannot. Our culture tells us we cannot and we should not. But in reality, we are being held back by string. God says, run with endurance. America says you should not and you cannot. But in reality, it's a piece of twine. Will you break the string? And our point for the, morning, for the afternoon is this. Win the moment. In reality, you cannot run with endurance. You cannot win a marathon in one moment. 26 point whatever miles, I'll never do it, so I don't care. I'll never be able to win the marathon in one moment. I can take a step along the journey, but I can't win it all with one step. There's no possible way. And so sometimes when we look at Christianity and we think about the struggle as we try and lay aside the weight that is holding us down and the sin that is clinging on to our very being, well, there's no way I can because it's going to take months and months, and you've probably gone through it. You may be in the middle of it right now, and the world is telling you while you're struggling, you can't, and it's telling you you shouldn't. 
because this right here is easy. And this right over here is, is simple. And it'll make you happy fast. Immediacy and instantaneous gratification. But all it is is nothing but twine. You think I can't run with endurance as a Christian. It's not who I am, but it is exactly who we ought to be becoming. It is everything about us to say, I will be that person who is running towards Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. Look what verse 2 says, looking to Jesus. I may not arrive to be perfect, but I'm going to pursue his righteousness. I won't reach it, but you better believe I'm going to be reaching out for it. So here's what I want us to remember. You read, I told you it's not going to be long. Let's, let's, just, let's bring it to a close here in just a few moments. Break free and win the moment. Can you do that? Break free from the twine that this culture is telling you you're held back by and win your moment. Whatever moment that is. You can't run the marathon today, but you can win the moment right now. And you can win the moment in an hour. And you can win the moment tomorrow. And you can win the moment Friday night. You can win the moment in a month. You can win every single moment. And when we win enough moment by God's power and his strength that's working in us, we will have won through God's power and his strength working in us eternity in heaven. Amen? What holds us back, though? What keeps us from winning the moment? It's guilt from the past. Well, I've done too much. I've made too many consecutive bad decisions, so I might as well make one more. Guilt holds us back from winning the moment. Pressure in the present holds us back from winning the moment. Well, there's so much going on around me, I might as well. No one's going to notice because I'm just going to be one more in a crowd of people doing the wrong thing. So pressure in the moment holds me back. Worry about the future holds me back from winning the moment. There's no way I can do this for the rest of my life. So I might as well do it now. Guilt, pressure, worry. In my opinion, a misunderstanding of God's grace. So what helps us to win the moment? Forgiveness. Wherever you've come to today, from to this point today, if you've asked for it, God's given it as a Christian. Forgiveness from my past. That's what the whole verse is talking about in verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. He's done it. He's, he's made it possible and God's given it to me if I've asked for it. Forgiveness from the past. You can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 11. A list of all these sins. And the Bible says, and such were some of you. <laughs> But you've been changed. You've been forgiven. Words like sanctification, justification come into play. You have received God's forgiveness. Know that and accept that. That will help me win the moment. Help. Right now. It's being offered. Helps you to win the moment. The entire chapter of, of Psalm 46, verse 1 says that God is our refuge and strength. He's a very very present help in trouble, almost like he's already proved it time and time again. He is a very present help in times of trouble. Look at Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Forgiveness from our past, help in the present, victory from the future. And I love this verse in John chapter 16, verse 33. If you don't have a favorite verse as a young person, this, this one can be yours. 
I've told you these things that you might have peace in the world, you have tribulation. Hey, but don't worry about it. I've overcome the world, Jesus said. And he can overcome in your life. He can help you win the moment. Understanding God and his grace. Grace is almost a word that we don't speak about. A misunderstanding of God's grace. There's cheap grace, there's expensive grace. I like biblical grace. The type that is a hundred and a hundred. I'm doing the best, I've ever, the best I know how to do. It'll never be good enough, but God's given me the best of who he is, and that will always be good enough. That grace comes into my life and it makes me whole. It allows me to run with wings the race that is set before me because I have forgiveness from the past, I have help in the present, I have victory in my future, and God's grace is going to cause me to run that race. Will you run with endurance? Here's how you do it. You break free from the culture that's holding you back. It's just twine, and you win the moment. The most powerful animals in the world can be trained that they can't move. We are some of those powerful agents in this world. Not because of who we are, but because who is in us. And our culture is trying to hold us back. Break free. Win the moment. And watch as God causes you to win the race. And I guarantee you, you'll find joy, you'll find love, you'll find excitement and energy like never before. Let's go to Jesus as we close. And I'd like to say just a couple more words. Father, we pray for each person in this room. As we've come together, we hope it's for your glory that you've been magnified and that you've been glorified. We think about ourselves as we think about you because we're imperfect and we're not even close to who you want us to be. But we pray that we'll have our eyes fixed on Jesus and we will be drawn closer to him because of our time together today. I want to pray for each person hurting, hurting in their heart, wanting to be better. They're speaking out to you, and we're so grateful that your spirit is in us and hears us. Jesus has gone before us, and we see him, and he sees us. And you, Father, are listening to every beat of our heart. We offer this prayer in Jesus, and amen. As we close, we've talked about a lot of things today. And inevitably, as we talk about God and his greatness, we think about ourselves and our imperfection. It's real, isn't it? We really do have struggles in this life. Well, I want you to know, this is one of those moments where we can help. We come together for this moment to bring encouragement and support, to show love and care, and to recognize you are never alone. Here's what Satan wants to do. Can you listen to me just another moment? <laughs> Satan wants to put you on an island. But God wants to put you in a family. The more you live in the world, the more isolated you will become and the more pain you will feel. But the more you give yourself to God, the more enveloped within family you will become and the more fulfilled your life will be. So do you want to be on an island by yourself? Or do you want to be in a family and a group of people who love you and want to support you? Here's how you do it. You look to Jesus and you give your life to him. So if you have something in your life that's holding you back from drawing closer to Jesus, we want you to get rid of it. And so I'm going to offer an invitation, which means we can pray for you, we can pray to God for you, he'll forgive you, and make your life right again, so you can start your path on the road to endurance. 
looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you've got something that you need to let be known and take to God, uh, let us know now as we stand and sing this song together.